Welcome to the Smiling Homeschooler podcast. I'm your host, Ben Wilson. Today, we are on the final part of our four-part series on the whys behind homeschooling. The topic of this episode is why relationships with your kids matter most. We hope it's encouraging, so here's my dad, Todd Wilson. Well, hey, everybody. Uh, it's the, uh, the 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 week after Labor Day. The gates have opened or closed. I'm not sure. Whatever side you're on, you know, we are officially now. There's no turning back. We have to homeschool. In fact, this was the first day at uh, our house homeschooling, and it was it was a good day. Um, my wife didn't threaten to quit. Um, I didn't see anybody crying. Um, so our overall, it's like landing a plane. Any plane, any homeschool day you can walk away from is a good one. Uh, so, um, but the other big news for uh, for us this week is that uh, Sam got engaged. My second oldest son, Sam. I uh, was 23, got engaged to McKenna Phillips, and we're super, super excited. Um, it was uh, this past Wednesday. Um, he was all romantic, and he did a great job. Um, we have a, a barn that uh, we used for um, housing our products, and we have an upper loft on it that's fairly new for us. It's about a year old. And Sam strung it with all these white lights, and he got rose petals from the florist and had music playing and a little slideshow going and uh he popped the question she said yes um and uh, we all met for ice cream or no ice cream and uh and chips and salsa at haciendas and i don't know if you have a haciendas around your your uh where you live um but they're mudslides um which are you know a couple big warm cookies on a hot griddle with ice cream melting off is just a good way to end any night, especially an engagement. And Ben, I was thinking it wasn't very long ago since you were engaged. Um, not, because nobody knows, how did you pop the question? I know, but they don't know. Right. Kind of thing. So what we did was, I, uh, Rissa kind of already knew what was going to happen. She was kind of at me for a little while, like, are we going to do it here soon? She knew I talked to her dad. So, you know, uh, I just kind of played into the effect that I wasn't probably going to surprise her. So <laughs> I... Uh, I kind of, I don't know if you'd say recreated, but we went around to all the different places we had gone on an original first date ever. So actually we went to Haciendas again, because uh, that's where we went on our first date. It's a favorite restaurant. Uh, sat in the same booth and everything. And then I had them uh, bring a letter from each place and, uh, you know, uh, like the waiter or whatever. And then we went to uh, Wainu Lake, which is an area nearby to us, which is a really beautiful area. They fixed it up over the last few years. And, uh... And I proposed there in an area we had sat for hours and talked, so it was it was good. So you, so. I didn't know that. You mean you gave you gave Rissa a letter? I mean, like, so you went to a restaurant and the waiter brought a letter out that you had given him to give to yep. her. Yeah, you didn't know that. Wow, you know that? that was impressive, like Ben. This a lot. <laughs> yeah, no. Then each place we went to the coffee that. shop, and uh, then I think I feel like there was one other spot, but I can't remember where. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was probably the most nervous I've ever been in my life, even more than the wedding, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> That's what uh, Sam said. He said he had his arm around McKenna at one point, like they were driving to wherever. He goes, man, I hope she can't feel my pulse. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, but as far good. as a dad, go ahead. Huh? No, I was impressed because we were at, uh, at an elderly lady's house that we uh, were all there together. And he was, they were both there for like an hour and a half beforehand. And I was pretty impressed. I would think he, you know, I would have been probably freaking out. <laughs> and then don't say elderly. They say old ladies house. Oh, okay. Sorry. 
Okay, old that's baby's house. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, so that was the big news, and now we are in like full swing of trying to find a location. Um, because, you know, we are a far cry from the old days when some of you moms got married, when you had it in a church and you like walked down an aisle and you had some few flowers up front. You know, now it's got to be in a, a place, a barn, a houseboat, a Land Rover. It's got to be in something cool. Um, so they're looking for a location and uh, uh, starting to plan. And we're excited because uh, it looks like it's going to be sometime in the first couple weeks of March. So uh, and we're not going to have it at my house because that's a big deal because we had Ben and Rissa's at our house and which meant a lot of work for us. We had to cut grass for constantly for for all spring um, but i don't have to worry about that so i'm just going to be coasting coasting from all that well hey uh i was going to uh, a little special here um during this month of september we're uh our schedule's kind of open and my wife said hey why don't you like offer up uh the opportunity to just come and speak uh to maybe a homeschool group if you're within 100 miles this is a special deal for you just for you if you're within 100 miles of Milford, Indiana, you're going to have to Google that, Milford, Indiana. Um, I would love to come and speak to your homeschool group in the evening or I guess it could be some other time and to your moms. And it won't cost you anything. Um, I'm going to come for free. <coughs> Maybe if you take if you take a love offering, you know, just put out a bucket and say or pass the bucket and say, hey, would anybody like to contribute? We'd love you to do that, but it won't cost you anything. You don't have to, you know, travel expenses. You don't have to pay for any any expenses, um, but that's only for September. So if you're interested, you could contact me at familyman at familymanweb.com or uh, Todd at thesmilinghomeschooler.com. Uh, either one, just uh, let me know, and we might be able to work it out. But you got to be within 100 miles of Milford, Indiana, and it's got to be in the month of September. Um, well, it's time to talk. Um, the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about uh, why we homeschool our kids. Um, we talked about the the our, our first se- our first session our first time together. We talked about how uh, home is the best place for our kids, and uh, the time after that, we talked about how parents are the best teachers of their children. And last week, we talked about how every child is a masterpiece. Uh, in fact, some of you commented. I, I'm reading Deborah Morey's or Moray Morey. Uh, said I needed this reminder. It's too easy to forget this when I'm battling and struggling every day and I feel like I'm ha- I have nothing to show for it. It's easy to look at my children, especially that one, and see them as a problem to be fixed. They aren't problems though. They are masterpieces created just the way they were meant to be with the passions and personalities they will need for their life. And then she even made a prayer. Lord, help me see my kids this way today man that is a great prayer and and that's easier to write on a facebook post than to do um because i know sometimes it's easy to to say that when you're like not with them or you're not engaged with them um but when you're in the midst of a homeschool day it's really really hard in fact some of you guys moms of homeschool have commented over at our facebook page how it just you know every day you're crying every day feels like that battle and and even uh, Deborah did it as well. And again, you're not alone. You're not alone. Uh, everybody feels that way. Um, but today, we're going to kind of go into the next, the fourth and final uh, reason we do what we do, you know, why we homeschool. And that's this. 
Um, we believe this, that relationships, relationship matters more than anything else in our homeschooling. You know, and again, we always believe that. That was that was the key uh, of the reason why we were home. You know, we interacted, um, but maybe it was the time that we start. The experts started saying, "No, again, home's an okay place for some things, but it's not okay to homeschool your kids." And and we started to believe them. And then we got all these pressures from not just again, the external groups, it wasn't just the world saying, oh, you got to do it. You know, you're not doing a good job, homeschoolers. Hey, the world knows we're doing a good job. I mean, they are amazed. They stand there and they want to be like uh, us. They see the difference in our kids. Um, uh, but the, the pressures that are killing us are from other homeschoolers. You know, we have all this pressure from other groups and other that have other philosophies or maybe same philosophies. And they're saying, well, you need to cover this and you need to do this and you need to do this and you need to have them prepared. Or if they get out and they're not ready to go, they're going to be, you know, dysfunctional or they're not going to get again into college. They're not going to get jobs. And we start to believe all that, you know, until we get in that fog again, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, you know, that fog where we just can't see what matters. Um, in fact, I know that uh, sometimes I get in that fog. Um, I, 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 and I think I mentioned it maybe last week, maybe the time before, that sometimes I have the privilege of homeschooling my kids. Um, I don't do it every day. I just do it every once in a while. My wife will say, hey, can you do it today? Because I need to do this. I'm like, yeah, I can do that. And uh, I remember one time, specific time, that my wife asked me to homeschool the kids. And I bet you we hadn't been homeschooling for... 10 minutes and 15 minutes, maybe not even that long, not an hour and 15 minutes. I'm talking 15 minutes when, as I was working with one of my children, out of my mouth came this phrase, what are you, dumb? You know, now God got a hold of my heart really quick and I backpedaled as fast as I could, you know, like trying to do damage control. No, I didn't mean that. No, no, no. It You're an amazing person. You are so smart and all that stuff. And I tried to undo all that. But do you know what my child heard come out of my mouth? What are you, dumb? You know, the reason I said that is because I forgot. I forgot what mattered. I thought it was about, I thought it was about the subject I was doing with my child, you know. But really what it was about was my child, who I just so happened to be doing a subject with. You know, moms, you forget that. You Plow through your day, you know, kids are crying, you're crying, and you might even make it to the end and you think, oh, we made it through our whole homeschool day today. We made it through the curriculum. You've forgotten that's not the goal. The goal is relationship. And I can remember uh, a mom saying, and this is such a typical homeschooling mom who, who said, so Todd, what do you mean by relationship? And to me, it seemed like a pretty, pretty obvious thing, you know, and it didn't seem like that one of those things that I, I even had to think about. But to this mom, she was like sitting there with a pencil in her hand, ready to write all this down, like, tell me what it is and I'll diagram it or whatever. You know, here's what relationship is. And we're going to have a little Bible lesson. This is like we should have some organ music in the back or something. Um, uh, this is the passage with. Um, uh, where Jesus goes to uh, Lazarus' home. 
And remember the two sisters, Martha and Mary? And it's in, uh, I need to look, I guess. Uh, it's in Luke chapter 10, and it's in ver- starts in verse 38. And I'm just going to read it. I don't even know what version this is. I think it's NIV. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. You know, so this is the picture so far. So Jesus is on his way. He stops over to see Mary and Martha, and we're going to assume Lazarus is there too, you know, and Martha, you know, is there to greet him. Come on in! And, and as soon as Jesus comes in, it says Mary kind of plops down at his feet and just is listening to him talk. And then it says, but Martha was distracted by all her preparations that had to be made. And she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you even care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Don't you care that I have to do everything? I'm convinced this woman is a homeschooler. And then she says, tell her to help me. You know, and I just think, I think this is so interesting because this is like, this is relationship. Because then Jesus says, Martha, Martha, which, you know, if you've been to any sermons on these passages, they always say it was kind of a term of endearment, like, oh, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. And then he says, you're worried and upset by so many things, but few things are necessary or needed. Indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. You know, and I'll tell you, I was a little confused by this because back in the old days when I read this, um, uh, I remember there was a song, um, and uh, and it was this song. It says, One thing is needful, O my Father, one thing is needful, O my Lord, that I sit at your feet and pour out my love. You know, and then I don't know what the rest of the tune goes. But basically, when I heard people preach this message, they would say, you know, what really matters is that we sit at Jesus' feet and we pour out our love to him. I'm not sure that's this is what it is, that, that this is what it's meant by this passage. I think what Jesus is saying, Martha, you know, you've concentrated on the task, you know, because I mean, it even says Martha was distracted by all her preparations and really the word there doings. And then I think I never saw this phrase until I read it just uh, this afternoon. Um, because, you know, sometimes we'll say, I'll say to my wife, she'll say, I'll say, um, oh, but you don't have to do that. And she'll say, well, it needs to be done. I've got to do this. And I'm like, you don't have to do that. You know what? There are things that have to be done that we can still be distracted by. Because it says Martha was distracted by all her preparations that had to be made. You know, all these things. But somehow in the midst of it, Martha missed it. You know, and he says, but, and he says, you're worried and upset by so many things, but really only few things are needed. And really, he says, only one. And then I think he's saying, what that one thing is, is what Mary has chosen. And what has Mary chosen? Not to sit at his feet and pour out her love, but I think this. Mary has chosen the relationship. Because really, that's what relationship is. To you homeschooling moms who need to write it down. Um, it's if you When you take away everything else, you have the relationship. So like when Ben and I, we're working on a project, you know, I sometimes think, oh, our working on the project is is part of the relationship. And it does, it can build that, 
But if I get so focused on the thing that I'm doing, once you take away the thing that we're working on, all that's left is the relationship. And sometimes, you know, you might get through the end of a task or get through the day of your homeschooling. And if you take away the math, the science and all those other things, if you have nothing left, you've 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 been a Martha. You know, you've been distracted but all by all the things that seem to need to be done. Um, and so, Mom, I want you this week to focus on the relationship, you know, again, for, with my son. And here's how it evidences, evidence. I have just trouble with that word. Evidence and evidence is itself <laughs> um, that when I start to get frustrated <clears throat> with my kids over doing stuff, um, it really is because I'm not focusing on my kids. I'm focusing on the other stuff. I'm focusing on the stuff that needs to get done, the math, the science, or whatever. Um, you know, in fact, that kind of helps us. Um, you know, uh, like I had, I think I, I mentioned it maybe last week. Um, don't stop me, Ben, if I did. But uh, about like the mom who said, yeah, Todd, but, um, you know, what about, what about, uh, you know, my day? Uh, you know, I get all frustrated with my son, my son, and we are everybody's crying and yelling. I think I told this. And what am I supposed to do? And I said, and I reminded you last week, uh, you need to stop doing whatever that thing is that's causing the tears. Um, and again, we have been brainwashed into believing that the things are more important than the person. You know, uh, I can't tell you how many times I've said, what's more important, math or relationship? And there are moms who struggle and like, uh, uh, I don't know. I've been told that math matters. It's not true. Math isn't what matters. Science isn't what matters. What matters is the relationship with our child or that time that we're spend, spending with our kids. Um, in fact, there's a, an article um, by Mike Smith. Um, not the guy who sings, but by the guy who's the head of the uh, Homeschool Legal Defense Association, HSLDA. And he writes this story. He's talking about uh, uh, his relationships and um, putting priority on relationships. And he, he's kind of doing the preaching part at the beginning. And then he says, um, now back to my family's experience. One of our children on reaching the teenage years decided that algebra was irrelevant and unimportant. Um after all, what practical value did it have? Well, my wife and I insisted upon continuing to pound algebra into this child's brain, a pounding that met with much resistance and certainly affected our relationships. There's that word, relationships, with uh, this child in a negative way. He says, I agreed to take on the responsibility of making sure our teen accomplished the assigned, assigned algebra lessons. Each evening I would come to enforce, I would come home to enforce our algebra requirement. The problem was when I took Algebra 1, Algebra 2, and Geometry in high school, I didn't learn anything. And I then avoided math like the plague. Being a business major, I never took any higher math after high school. An additional problem was that I tended to agree with our student that Algebra was pretty much irrelevant. Right now I'm raising my hand saying the same thing. Um, but the right thing to do was to make our child learn Algebra and to be obedient. Why? Because people have told us that that's what we need to do if we're going to do a good job homeschooling our kids. It says the frustration and the disharmony continued to mount. Relationships were breaking down. Finally, my wife said to me one day, I'm not going to destroy my relationship with this child over algebra. What should we do? 
I agree that our relationships are more important than our students' completion of algebra, so we let the child get the best of, a, best of us on algebra. And then he went on to say and said, and we quit teaching algebra. You know, I'll tell you, he got it right. You know, Mike Smith, the president of the Homeschool Legal Defense Association, is a worldwide organization. He's smart. He wears a suit. You know, he knew that relationship was more important. You know, here's the deal. You know, the rest of that story, because I talked to him afterwards, you know, this kid, this needs to go. He, he, he wants to go to uh, and do algebra. And it may have been a female wants to go, or wants to go and go to college. And guess what one of the requirements is? Bingo, right, um, algebra. And so like any child worth his salt, he blamed his parents. You didn't make me do algebra. And his parents said, fine, you want to learn it? Learn it yourself. And that child taught himself algebra, went to college, took advanced math, and that child right now is a CPA. And the relationship was intact. You know, I talk to you moms, and some of you are so uptight by fulfilling not the requirements, but by some other requirements that someone else has put on you that doesn't even matter. And you've bought it, you know, hook, line, and sinker to the detriment of your children. Uh, I'm just going to encourage you to make the relationship the most important. Your little guiding light that takes you through homeschooling. You know, stop focusing on stuff that needs to get done. Martha was focused on the stuff. Yeah, maybe this stuff needed to get done. Maybe she needed to take a break from the stuff that needed to get done. Maybe she needed to decide it doesn't matter if this stuff gets done. And then focus on the child who's there for such a short period of time. Because you're going to be done with this homeschooling thing before you know it. As That seems to be a pattern here. Um, you know, and I know even Ben, uh, I don't know if uh, he probably... Like, as soon as I said his name, were you like, whoa, what? I'm ready. I'm ready. Put me in, nope, coach. I just had to unmute uh, myself. <clears throat> clear your throat. Here we go. Um, but I know, Ben, one time you said to mom, uh, and I think it was about a year, year and a half ago, you said, I can't imagine what I would have missed out had I been, had I gone away to a regular school. You know, you didn't talk about how much you learned even though, man, you're one smart guy. He knows more than anybody I know about a lot of subjects. Um, and it wasn't because we were such amazing teachers. It was because we just gave him an opportunity to, again, you know, go in a direction that, that he was already bent. But, Ben, I, I don't know. Uh, again, I'm kind of springing it on you. Um, when you look back on homeschooling, uh, I mean, what – what do you look back on fondly? You know, what's the part that you that makes you want to homeschool your kids? I mean, a big part of why why Rissa and I want to is not only for the sake of the relationships and everything else, but it was also because um, I feel like the base, the worldview, everything that you all taught us, um, and also just being able to you know be with family um, is something that schools don't either one don't teach because they don't believe that or two uh um 
you know, you obviously different age groups, all that kind of stuff. So for us, we I really, really loved being able to uh, be a family unit all the time. And that's something that I feel like a lot of friends who <clears throat> didn't have our situation of being able to be homeschooled don't have that, those same relationships. I'm not saying you can't, but that's just something that I think we really, uh, really loved and same for Rissa's family. So I think that's something that we want, you know, our family to be something that everyone, you know, in the family really values. Um, besides the fact of there's a lot of like belief things that, you know, is a big reason for me personally. Uh, but yeah, I think the, the family unit and then, uh, yeah, I think that's probably the biggest one. And then looking back also just being able to be flexible of what we, what I got to do. I mean, the whole college plus what I did, I would not have been able to do that without homeschooling. I mean, there's just no way I would have, I probably wouldn't have even probably would not have gotten a degree. I don't know. Just because it was. It would have been an extra four years, ton of money, all that. But because of homeschooling, I was able to do it. You know, the last couple of years of high school, I think that's something that is a big, you know, just that flexibility and that. Custom, I don't know if the words like customization, but whatever, you know, the right, right, being able to do what's specifically unique for each, you know, each kid, I think is huge. You know, and maybe that's maybe that's maybe that what you said about, you know, you we were to, you were able to enjoy just being a family. Really, that's relationship. Right. The relationship is the family part. You know, Diana Waring, uh, her her uh, whole bent in there uh, in her history alive is in uh, you know she calls it uh, uh, relational homeschooling. I think that's what she calls. It. You know, really, that's what drives it. That's what is is um, the connector. To everything else you know so we're out of time but let me just say so here's your homework assignment and by homework I don't mean homework you know can you just maybe be super aware um, maybe in the next couple days because we have a short week this week so that's good um, maybe that you you have your 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 fingers on the pulse of your homeschool so again if people start getting loud um, you know if you find yourself being frustrated by them not accomplishing enough, or maybe they can't remember how to do fractions. And, you know, one of my sons is like, I don't even remember. Why do we have to learn anything about adding and subtracting? I mean, when are we ever going to use it? Oh, now, <laughs> I think they need to learn about adding and subtracting. Um, so we're going to teach them uh, more about, you know, <laughs> multiplication and division. But you know what? I think he, he's going to realize that he remembers a lot more than he did. We don't need to get frustrated. We don't need to get angry. And if he doesn't remember, that's okay. We're just going to plug away. And so I, I read from Deborah Cortez. She said, I made the mistake of listening to last week's podcast with my daughter. And now she thinks she shouldn't have to do math. And a couple smiley faces there. You know, it's not about whether your our kids want decide they want to do math or not. You know, but if uh, math is getting in the way of the relationship, sometimes Maybe you just back away from math for a little while. Um, you know, I know Debbie, my wife. Uh, I remember one time, and I don't know if you remember this, Ben, but there was a time where Ben, the model student, wasn't being a very good model student. Yeah. And my wife was like, oh, this is just too hard. I can't, I cannot teach this kid anymore. And she said to me, you know, I'm just going to quit doing school with Ben and we're just going to have fun. And it wasn't for very long. You know, it might have been a week or two. I remember they played outside on our basketball court. They played games together. 
because she realized that the relationship was important. And then when the relationship was fixed, she just kind of eased back into school. Um, so I'm going to just encourage you, if you find that, you know, in these early days that, again, your kids are getting frustrated, close the book. You know, when they start to when you start getting frustrated, close the book, you know, and maybe listen, you know, sit and listen like Mary. She sat at his feet and she listened. You know, that's without books. That's without a schedule. That's without are we going to accomplish anything? And then maybe ask him a couple questions. You know, maybe you do this tomorrow. Just say, hey, let's let's stop doing school right now. You know, we're going to take a little break. And I just want to know, what was your favorite part of this past summer? You know, and then let them talk. And if they say, well, I don't know, say, really, you don't know? Come on, what do you think? Was it this? And they'll say, no, that wasn't that big a deal. You know, and so what was your favorite part? And then say, what are you most looking forward to this fall? Um, you know, if you live down in Florida, it could be a hurricane, you know, or if you live up where I live, you know, maybe it's the crunch of leaves or going on a hayride or, or whatever. And then ask them, this is the important one. If you can change one thing about how we do school, what would that be? If you could change one thing that we do about school, what would it be? Now, again, they're going to say, well, I don't want to do math. Maybe you say, well, you mean you don't want to do math at all? You mean you don't want to know how to do it? They'll pro they may say, no, it's not about math. I just get frustrated because it's too long. Or maybe it feels like I, I, I'm in over my head. Whatever the answers are, can you just listen? Just listen. You know, take real good notes in your head. You don't have to write it down. <laughs> you, you, you know, I don't think Mary took notes. Um, she just listened. And whatever she missed, it was okay. You know, but tomorrow do that. And uh, and then you will know that as you're doing that, you won't accomplish as much, but it won't matter because you'll be doing relationship. And I think Jesus would say, really, there are only a few things that matter in homeschooling. Really, maybe even just one. And it's relationship. And I'll tell you, Mom, uh, until next week, you know, as we're hoping to talk to Rachel Carmen of Apologia, and she's a homeschool speaker, and the thing I really like about her is that she's just a, she's a real mom. Um, but all those things, so when you're doing, when you're remembering home's the best place for your kids, and that you're the best teacher of your children, and that every child is a masterpiece, and that relationship matters more than anything else, that should make you smile. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll join us next week for more homeschooling encouragement. Again, if you're interested in having Todd speak at your group, you can email him at familyman at familymanweb.com. You can also like us over on our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram. And as always, keep smiling. Elizabeth Enter is in the chat here. She is a hardcore, I guess you could say, one of the Smiling Homeschool groupies, I think. She's been in every, All right. every chat. So thanks, okay, Elizabeth, do you have for a, watching. Do you have a tattoo yet? If you get a tattoo <laughs> with a Smiling Homeschooler on anything above your neck, you're hardcore. Yeah. I Very heard nice there was a lady... Once who she had like a burrito place or something in LA or somewhere like that. And she said if you uh if you get 
a tattoo of their logo. She would give you free burritos for life. And she just <laughs> thought, like, no one would do it or it'd be a couple. And then it ended up, like, 50 people did it, like, right away. And so she was going to go bankrupt because it was going to cost her, like, $100,000 a year or something like that to give them their free burritos. So she made a bunch of really, really tight stipulations. So hopefully we get to that. Well, there you go. Oh, I'm not, I will give you something if you get a smiling Elvis color tattoo on your face. She says, oh, yes. <laughs> so I mean, I saw a lady with a tattoo just above her eyebrow, like somebody's name written on it. And it just was a little right there. You know, I mean, I could put an it's anchor like maybe it. on my arm, but on my eyebrow just seems. Yeah, I just feel like that limits you in a lot of ways, in a lot of areas, in a lot of. No. Exactly. People make exactly. assumptions regardless of the type of person you are, I feel like, at that point. so <laughs> Over your eyebrow. Right. Plus, exactly. it looks like a caterpillar crawling across your eyebrow. Uh, 